At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday evening. As always, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois. And tonight, for you, we'll be talking college football with Amal Shaw in about 30 minutes. Co host of Odds On right here on VSIN, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Fridays. Amal, if you don't know, Die-hard college football fan and very strong handicapper when it comes to college football. So we'll get his thoughts on some of the top games for this Saturday before a mall. So in about 15 minutes, how about host of the Philadelphia City cast, Ryan Rothstein? He's got an Eagles matchup to look forward to this week that we're excited to discuss with him against the Chargers. And in that game, we've seen significant line movement in favor of Philly. So we'll ask Ryan why he thinks that is, if it's justified. And not only that, we're kind of button heads tonight because the Bulls are on the road against the 76ers in a very important game for both teams. I know it's a long season, but just to kind of put as a litmus test to where these teams are. We know the Bulls are coming off that huge come-from-behind win um, in the past game against Boston. And look, now it's going to be another tough test on the road against the 76ers. So excited to hear if he's got faith in Joel Embiid and company. At the end of the show, it is the middle of the week, so we take this time to kind of look at some of the futures in the NFL. We'll be taking a look at some of the rushing yards leaders, who is going to be the leading rusher at the end of the season, some updated season win totals, and then I've got a couple of best bets actually in that Bulls and 76ers game toward the end of the show. So that's what we have to look forward to beyond this segment. And if you don't know this segment on Wednesdays, we like to kick things off with midweek movements. Which games heading into the upcoming NFL slate have seen the biggest alterations, whether it be in the spread or the total? We've got plenty of them for NFL Week 9, so let's go ahead and dissect that. Beginning in Dallas, let's go to Jerry World, the Cowboys hosting the Denver Broncos. We know the Broncos shipped out Von Miller this week, and in terms of Dallas, Dak Prescott looking like he is going to be back in the mix after Rush had a huge win against Minnesota this past weekend. So, looking at where this line has moved, 7.5 was pretty much a consensus opener for Dallas at home in this matchup. Total opened up at about 49. Total really hasn't gone too crazy, only up to 49.5, so just a tick to the over. But where the movement has been is with the spread. Dallas from 7.5 up to 9.5. That's the number we're currently seeing at Bet Rivers. And it's even gotten as high as 10. I may, I, if I recall correctly, I might have saw 10.5. But 10 is what you've been seeing in some spots. But Bet Rivers has really been the sole book to have it at 9.5. And, and that's why we talked about it yesterday. And still teasing it down by 7 points under the key numbers of 7 and 3. I like that as a good spot in this game. I wouldn't be in love with taking the points with Denver. I mean, I get nine and a half is a lot to lay, but 
really, I just find it hard for this Broncos team to keep up with Dallas, especially offensively. And then, hey, what about this defense for Dallas has actually been very improved from years past. So I think the advantage all throughout this game goes with Dallas. But just to be safe, this is a good teaser spot, and that's the way I'm electing to bet it. But the movement has gone with Dallas early on, 7.5 up to 9.5. Total only a tick to the over with Dallas and Denver. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Carolina, Panthers, and Patriots. How about New England coming off a huge win against the Chargers? Chargers coming off their bye week, but Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, they take care of business. What can they do this weekend where they open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this spot on the road against Carolina? Now they're up to four. So the Patriots laying four. They're also minus 186 on the money line. Carolina catching plus 160. In terms of the total in this game, it opened 43 and a half. Now it has dipped down to 41. So the attention has gone toward the Patriots on the spread, minus two and a half up to minus four. And the total has dipped to the under, 43 and a half down to 41. No surprise to me whatsoever that this total got attention to the under. I mean, the Patriots don't have the most convincing offense. And defensively, in the right spots, they perform very well. And who's to think they couldn't do the same against this Carolina offense that has just been a mess? And let's be honest, though. It could be different with McCaffrey being implemented. Was back at practice uh, today, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, how quick is he going to get thrown into the mix? How many reps is he going to have? And how big of an impact will he be in his first game back? To be honest, it's probably going to be significant. Let's not lie. But, again, it's like, what's, what is the frequency going to be with McCaffrey? Do they want to give him the high-volume reps? That's what you got to ponder when it comes to betting this total. But I do agree with it going toward the under. I probably wouldn't touch it just because you missed that best number. But probably a low-scoring game here. And, yeah, probably results in a Patriots win. But now that you're over the key number three, not necessarily in love with betting this spot. But Patriots probably the, uh, the correct sky, uh, side Excuse me, as well against the Panthers. But keep an eye on Christian McCaffrey. We'll see if he can be implemented in this game. All right, let's go to Jacksonville. The Jags taking on the Buffalo Bills in what's going to probably be an ugly game for Trevor Lawrence and company. Buffalo coming in here with a lot of momentum. They're currently a 14.5-point favorite. Early lines. Early lines had them laying 10.5. Now they're up 4.5 points more, or rather 4 points more, to 14.5, but the steam just keeps on coming for Buffalo. Uh, this total is at 49.5, only dipped a little bit to the under, 49 currently at Bet Rivers. Really, the significant injury news possibly is that James Robinson is day-to-day. -day. I believe he did not practice today is what Urban Meyer said, and you saw how that impacted the Jags against the Seahawks. I mean, there are way more issues aside from James Robinson, but certainly a focal piece to this offense that can help move the ball, especially when the receivers are dropping passes from Trevor Lawrence left and right, which was evident against this Bad Seahawks secondary that made the Jags look really brutal. I mean, they're brutal, but I guess what I'm trying to say is the Jags made the Seahawks defense look really good because they couldn't catch any of those passes or just do anything worth note on offense. So hence why Buffalo's getting all the love. Nobody trusts in the Jags despite them. You know, getting the win in London didn't come out against the Seahawks. Now it's expected they will not do the same in terms of getting good production at home against Buffalo. So Bill's up to a 14.5-point favorite on the road. Now, how about the aforementioned Chargers and Eagles game? This game is kind of scratching my head a little bit, and it's been going all the way down because it opened three in favor of Los Angeles, went down to one, if I'm not mistaken, and now it's back up to one and a half in favor of the Chargers, but immediately the Eagles were just getting hit left and right on the spread here. 
Uh, Total-wise, hasn't moved. 50, still at 50. Slightly shaded to the over, minus 113. Under is minus 108. If you want to just go with the money line, I mean, at this point, if you're betting Chargers, I would just do money line. It's minus 120. Eagles, plus 106. Look, I get the Chargers, their past couple of games have looked bad, especially coming off the bye week at home against the Patriots. But look, the Eagles, yes, they got a win last week, but it was against the Detroit Lions. The Chargers are the better team in this spot. Can they stop the ground game for Philadelphia, though? Can they limit Jalen Hurts and make him look like a quarterback in those spots before that we've really seen him struggle, like against the Cowboys, like against the Buccaneers? And they have a really solid pass defense, does Los Angeles. So, again, against the ground game, what can they do in this spot? So uh, we'll see where this line ends up. A one and a half right now is where the Chargers are at. It's a good teaser spot for Philly. Right? I mean, if you tease them up from plus one and a half, you get them to seven and a half with that six-point teaser. I really just don't have enough faith in Philly in any sense to want to back them, even with the teaser, which, of course, would be the better angle. But it's hard not to believe the Chargers would come out on top of this one. But, hey, the Chargers are still the Chargers, so we'll see what Herbert can produce in that spot. Uh, Packers and Chiefs. Look, there was big line movement in this game before the Aaron Rodgers news. The original movement really was two and a half down to virtually a pick em. And it's announced Aaron Rodgers is out because of COVID. The re-established line now has Kansas City as a seven and a half point favorite. Jordan Love going to be the quarterback for the Packers. Now it looks like they'll still get some reinforcements. Uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams should be back for the Packers. But what can we expect out of Jordan Love? Well, the good news is at least you're going up against his Chiefs defense that is just flat out bad, right? They're brutal all around. So it's at seven and a half, and it's still the Packers, and you would think to take the points because you don't trust the Chiefs, right? The smart move is Tim Murray was talking about my guys in the desert with Stormy the past show. Uh, the popular play is going to be to tease down Kansas City here from seven and a half to minus one and a half. So we'll see what happens with this line move. I can't expect it to move much unless it goes down to seven, but teasing down the Chiefs would probably be your most advantageous outlook for this game against the Packers. Cardinals, 49ers, another game that has seen some interesting movement, but this because of the unknown status of Kyler Murray, right? We don't know if he is going to be 100% for this game. 49ers coming off a win against the Bears, whereas the Cardinals, as we know, had an embarrassing loss versus the Packers. This one opened three. Now it's down to one in favor of Arizona. Total has also seen some movement, 47 down to 45.5, and, and it's still slightly shaded to the under, minus 112. Plus, the 49ers may be getting back Robbie Gold and Kittle. Could be back in the mix for this game defensively. Their cornerback, Jimmy Ward, is doubtful. But some reinforcements on the scoring side of things, potentially, for this 49ers team who, look, if they can get that ground game going with Elijah Mitchell like they did against the Bears, I could understand why some love would be going for San Francisco. And the second time around against their division opponent, Arizona, they get them at home this time. And then finally, the game that had also some big movement, we got the Titans and Rams right now. That's the last game, really, we've seen some big movement, and the Rams up to 7.5 in this spot. So we'll keep it going a little bit more so later in the show talking about these games, but we discussed it yesterday, right? I mean, the Rams were a great teaser spot here, um, and they still are, right? They're up to 7.5 right now. They were opening at 6, up to 7.5. Total hasn't moved too much with 53.5. A point moving, point and a half, I guess, depending where you got the opener at. Most were six, some were six and a half. But how could you not trust the Rams here? They're getting stacked even more so on the defensive side of things with Von Miller. Tennessee losing Derrick Henry. You bring in old man Adrian Peterson. We'll see what he can do right out of the mix. But 
Look, the Rams should probably roll in this game. Safe play to tease them down. That's why we paired them with the Cowboys teasing both of those two teams down. But that's going to wrap it up for your midweek movement. Some of the biggest line movements for NFL Week 9. Coming next, we're talking with Ryan Rothstein, Bull 76ers, and his Eagles taking on the Chargers. We'll get his thoughts next. Right here, it is Russia. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got the Chicago City Cast along with the Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and now the New York City Cast hosted by Will Hill as well. So subscribe your local City Cast wherever you get your podcasts and you get hooked up five episodes a week, local betting content. And a man who does great work with the Philadelphia City Cast joining us next here on Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and I host the Chicago City Cast. But how about Ryan Rothstein, folks, doing great work hosting the Philly City Cast? You can give him a follow on Twitter at WiseRye. And Ryan, you know, we're button heads this evening, my man, on the hardwood. We've got your Sixers take it on my Bulls. And look, Philadelphia is the favorite here, currently minus two and a half at Bet Rivers. Total at 215 and a half, but you're missing some key pieces here, right? I mean, Tobias Harris is out. Danny Green is out. You will get Embiid tonight, but I guess, Ryan, you know, what version of Joel Embiid are you going to expect in this game? How about your Chicago Bulls, Danny? <laughs> they're, the, they're the surprise of the NBA this year so far, man. They look, uh, they look like a real team again. Look, it's it's great. It's the one bright spot in Chicago sports right now, Ryan. So we're really just, you know, trying to we're holding our breaths as fans, not trying to get too excited because we already had the significant injury with Patrick Williams. But look, they've been dominant since then with the two games, and then that huge come from behind victory against the Celtics. I will say it's not surprising, you know, for us Bulls fans who have been waiting for this and knowing our tourists and the rest of the new front office coming in, we're going to make these changes. I guess a lot of other people may be thinking it would take a little bit to happen, but look, it's games like against Boston and games tonight against the Sixers where we'll, we'll really get a grasp on where this Bulls team is headed to, even though it's early, but I genuinely think it's a real litmus test for this squad. Yeah, listen, this is this is a big game for the Bulls, and then, you know, that just segues into just my thoughts around this from the from the betting perspective, of course. Um, I don't love the spot the 76ers are in here at all. Uh, you know, you mentioned no Tobias Harris. Um, you know, Joel Embiid, just been, he's been in and out of this lineup early on, and that's, that's the story of Joel Embiid, <laughs> not just this season, but throughout his entire career. Um, that's why I've been very hesitant when anyone asks me uh, my thoughts on Embiid as MVP uh, pick from a betting standpoint. I say stay away, don't touch that, but that's uh, a different conversation. So I look at this Bulls uh, 76ers game tonight, Danny, and I think there's certainly value on taking the Bulls uh, outright, a.k.a. just take the Bulls on the money line, um, depending on when you get it. Um, but right now, just, what, an hour and a half before kick, a little uh, kick, tip, um, 45 minutes before tip, excuse me. I think there's some value on the money line for the Bulls for sure. 
Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way, too, and, and that was my thought when they were taking on Boston, but the approach I ended up kind of going with besides doing like a prop, which I'll do for this game a little bit later, is just waiting for the end game, especially in these closer situational spots for the Bulls, because again, you know, Ryan, like I was saying, like I'm excited for Chicago. I know they have the talent to win these games, but we still got to see how they play in these tough environments early on, like Boston. They got down big, but they proved they could come back. Great in-game opportunity. Could have got a huge number on Chicago. And I feel like there's going to be a spot in this game where, hey, Philly gets some big momentum. You're going to be able to get a better number on the Bulls. Maybe they come back and win. Maybe they don't. But that's the way I'm looking to approach it in terms of in-game betting with Chicago because where the Sixers could thrive for sure is with Embiid taking advantage of this lackluster defensive interior that the Bulls present right now, Ryan. So uh, that's probably the way I'm going to approach it in terms of the spread slash money line. But let me get your thoughts yep. also on this total. 215.5 is what we're seeing. And courtesy of Bet Rivers, I mean, they're getting 78% of the money and 78% of the bets all on the over. Uh, do you think this game is going to see plenty of points? I mean, this total, I, I, I saw it drop like four or five points uh, some spots, Danny. I don't know if you saw the same thing. I mean, obviously, we're only focused on Bet Rivers Sportsbook, but. You just try and get your information as much as you can here. And I saw it at 220 in some spots. Now we have it, you know, floating around 215 out there in the market. Listen, it's always a good, a good bet um, when you're talking about the total with the 76ers to look at the under. Um, but 215, it, that, it's a little bit low for me. And the 76ers, they have been bad in the second half of these games, especially third and fourth quarters. Um, they seem to take their foot off the gas a little bit. And that's when teams, you know, like the Bulls, I think we're going to see this tonight. The Bulls are going to be able to have some, some type of a push late third, early fourth quarter, uh, and that's going to help with this total to, to go to a slight over, I think, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. 215 and a half seems to be chartering into a little bit too low territory to where I might consider betting the over. But overall, I'm kind of with you. I lean toward the Bulls. And again, like I said, we'll talk about some of the other props I'm looking at later in the show. But nevertheless, Ryan, going to be a fun game for your uh, 76ers and my Bulls. We'll see who comes out in the end. Uh, another game with your team that I'm fascinated with, Ryan, is this Eagles and Chargers matchup. We were talking about it because we start off Wednesday shows with the biggest line movements in the middle of the week, and naturally the Eagles and Chargers were featured because Los Angeles opened up as a three-point favorite. Now you're seeing them as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. What gives with this line movement here? Is it just people are thinking these two losses with the Chargers are pretty much just showing us that we can't trust them as much? Or, hey, is it time to kind of ride this small momentum Philly has right now? Oh, Stop it. There's no momentum. There's no momentum over here in Philadelphia. I was, Danny, I was hoping you would have the answer. I don't know what, like, what's going on with this Chargers team right now. You blink and you look up and you're like, wait, okay, they're only one and a half point favorites, you know, albeit on the road this week. Uh, but it just feels like the overall steam, like you said, just the steam and the momentum of the popularity around this Chargers team has died down. I don't, I don't really have an answer. I mean, I know they've, they've cooled off certainly on the field. That's the first obvious answer I can think of, but uh, I don't have one for you, Danny. It's, it's strange. Is it not? A hundred percent. And look, I guess at the end of the day, the way you could kind of look at it is that we know the chargers defensively have struggled against the run, right? That has been their Achilles heel defensively against the pass. They've been really, really solid. So what kind of ground game can the Eagles implement here? I guess would be, 
My question to you, we know that Hurts can certainly torch defenses on the ground, but I don't think just him using his feet the whole game is going to warrant a bet on Philadelphia. You know, Miles Sanders is out, whether or not they're good. They weren't really utilizing him too much. You got Boston Scott and then Gainwell in the mix, but... I think that Herbert, with the receiving crew they have at the end of the day, still has the way bigger advantage, and I don't see how I wouldn't take advantage of, you know, the shorter price with the Chargers at this point. Yeah, it's just, it's strange, man. Like, and you said, Ken, the Eagles and and their ground game. I mean, let me stop you right there. I don't have any faith in this Eagles team if we're talking about the run in any shape or form. Like, obviously they did it against the Lions. Finally, they did it, um, you know. And, and Jason Kelsey, the veteran at center on offensive line, as well as Lane Johnson, uh, you know, the All-Pro left tackle, as we all know for the most part, they went over to Nick Sirianni in that Lions game and said, "Coach, we're dominating on the ground. Let's let's get, let's keep let's stick it to them. Let's continue to attack on the ground with the run game. We got you." Um, so I, I don't think that Lions game plays out that way if some veterans on the offensive line went to Coach Sirianni and and didn't say what they did because he just continues to get away from the run uh, in seven straight games. And then finally against the Lions, he didn't do it. Now you have a pass-happy Herbert and the Chargers coming into town. It's going to be – it's going to take a lot of discipline for this Eagles team to stick it – stick to the ground. I don't think they will. Uh, And when it's all said and done, I think the Chargers are going to – uh, come out with a victory. It just feels a little bit trappy right now, the way this right. has been set up uh, from the betting perspective. A hundred percent. I mean, that's the thing. You look at this and you're like, wow, they really give me this good value with the charger. You're like, well, that's telling you something that it's too good to be true, which is good news for right. you rooting for the Eagles naturally. But uh, Ryan, we got about 30 seconds left. Thoughts on the total here? If the Eagles are going to focus on the ground game, you would think that would lean more toward an under, but at the same time, look, the Chargers can put up their points and maybe Philly's going to be able to as well. Total's at 50 right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not taking the under here. I think you have to lean towards the over. Uh, the Eagles have been pretty pretty successful at scoring between, you know, 17 to 22 points every single week, you know, taking the, the Lions game. <laughs> <laughs> on the outside of that a little bit. And the Chargers, man, uh, they're going to put up some points. This Eagles defense is a dumpster fire, and I don't hold the Lions game too much weight. So I, I would take the over or just not touch it. Yeah, pretty much the same thing you're saying is what could be said about the Bears. 17 to 22 points, take the Lions win out of out of here in the conversation, and then you could really see what kind of squad you're getting. But, Hey, Ryan, a lot of interesting games for us to look forward to and uh, happy to discuss them with you. Thanks, as always, for taking some time with us here on Rush Hour. Uh, I'd love to, Danny. Thank you again, man. You bet. Ryan Rothstein, folks, at Wise Rye, where you can catch him on Twitter. Great follow for all things Philadelphia. Not only there, follow him along with the Philadelphia CityCast. Five episodes a week, wherever you get your podcast made available. We'll give you all the betting angles and analysis for all things Philadelphia sports. Okay, coming up next here, though, we're going to go to college football. Amal Shaw, co-host of Odds On, gives us his top plays, the upcoming college football slate. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network.
The VEASAN Mid-Season Football Special is here, and for only $99, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of the NFL playoffs. You get daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, and point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. This is a great deal for only $99, and remember, it's for the rest of the entire football season. So check it out now, vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Okay, welcome back to Rush Hour on this Wednesday evening. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us. As always, we are live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. But joining us now from Sin City and co-host of Odds On right here on VEASAN, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Tamal Shaw, ladies and gentlemen, here to talk some college football. Amal, thank you as always for joining us. Let's get things kicked off with this exciting game between Auburn and Texas A&M, the Aggies. Laying five at home, this line has kind of ticked up a little bit in favor of the home team. This total has dipped a tad bit, it seems, to 49-and-a-half. What do you think comes out in this matchup with Texas A&M and Auburn? Yeah, I think this is, for me, from a betting perspective, it's tough to call. I look at these two teams, I think they're fairly evenly matched. Uh, I think the difference is Bo Nix at quarterback for Auburn. I think that gives them a slight edge. Uh, if I were to play this game, I'd have to lean towards the Tigers here. You know, it's been a very underrated defense for uh, Auburn this year. They did a really nice job against Matt Corral and company. And you look at their two losses, a road loss at Penn State and, of course, to Georgia at home, no shame in that. Uh, I think this Auburn team is far under the radar simply because they had those losses come before even the midway point of the season. Danny, I'm telling you, I think they got a chance to escape this game in College Station with a W. And also, the Iron Bowl is going to be a lot more interesting than people realize. Yeah, I'm kind of with you here, too. I mean, if you're giving me points with Auburn here, with Bo Nix, who hasn't been too bad, and an Auburn defense has been really solid, i got to look toward that direction. So I'm with you there. Leaning toward taking the five with Auburn. And, and, and two, I mean, you're right. You're getting about plus 170 or so on the money line. Would not be shocked to get this one with the outright dub. Uh, Amal, what I would be shocked, though, in this next game, if Nebraska were able to win or even cover against your alma mater, Ohio State. We've been asking about Nebraska week after week, and now we're finally getting our two universities squaring off. Yesterday, we talked with Kenny White. He's been having a great college football betting season. He likes taking the points with Nebraska. I mean, it's the adage of, look, it's their Super Bowl game. You know, the seat is really getting warm for Scott Frost now. But you look at what's happened the last five games, them all, and Nebraska has an average losing margin to your Buckeyes of 36.4. And Ohio State had somewhat of a scare last week, so I don't know. I mean, personally, I would only look toward Ohio State. Do you have any angle for this game? Yeah, I like the Buckeyes a lot here. I don't understand this line. You know, Ohio State struggled in the red zone last week. I think they're one for five or one for six in terms of scoring touchdowns when they got in the red zone. I think they'll make a concerted effort. They get that corrected against this uh, Nebraska team. Nebraska is solid defensively. I just don't know if they have enough to really slow down uh, Ohio State's offense in this one. And when you look at the Nebraska offense, just not a lot of consistency. I think Ohio State's defense is playing far better. They'll have success against a team like Nebraska because it really comes down to containing Martinez, and I think they'll be able to do that effectively. I actually like Ohio State to really take care of business against Nebraska in this one. I think the number is short. 
I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I it was getting down to 14 and a half in some spots, and at that point, I'm even considering maybe look at buying the hook down to 14, but it may not even be necessary because you're right. I mean, look, Nebraska's defense has been really solid, but even these past few weeks, they've been slacking. I mean, look at what Purdue did off of Nebraska's bye week at home, giving up, what, 28 points to the Boilermakers? And then offensively, Martinez has missed the mark consistently in this game, and you mentioned Ohio State. Their defense has improved, so to me, the only side here is Ohio State, and I'm with you. I think 15's a little bit too short. Do you have any thoughts with this total? It seems like the over's getting a little bit of love, 64-ish, up to 64.5. you got to bank on Nebraska. Scoring is kind of the issue, but do you see this being a higher-scoring affair? You know, it's hard for me to say. I don't get involved in too many totals with the Buckeyes simply because these games can become blowouts, and then it really depends on how these other teams and the backups perform in the third and fourth quarter. So I really don't have an opinion one way or the other in terms of this matchup. Okay, well, well, let's go to a game that has a little bit shorter spread here. This one was interesting to me as well. Uh, North Carolina, they're coming off the loss against Notre Dame, but fighting for their bowl lives in this matchup against Wake Forest. And look, the Demon Deacons have been really solid. The Demon Deacons catch a two and a half here. This total is up to 76. Is this a spot where you look to the team with the better quarterback here, or do you go with, you know, taking the points with a Wake Forest team who has been more consistent? You know, uh, I think normally speaking, you'd take a more consistent team, but I, I like North Carolina to bounce back here in a home spot against a team that still has a lot of question marks defensively in Wake Forest. They've gotten off to a great start this year, and they played well against Duke, but, you know, Duke has not been consistent offensively. I think Sam Howell and Downs have a big day here throwing the ball. I think Hartman will play extremely well, and I like this game over the total as well, even though it's 76. But at the end, I think it's North Carolina that wins this football game and really does some damage to the uh, Wake Forest season. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Again, I think you got to trust Sam Howell just a little bit more. Wake Forest, a big test here. Even though North Carolina has been volatile, I still give them the slight advantage, as do the odds here. They're minus 134 on the money line. Also, lane two in the hook at home against Wake Forest. Uh, let's move a little bit outside now, Amal. Let's go Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Oklahoma State laying three in the hook. This totals at 50. To be honest, I really have avoided handicapping both of these teams this year. But do you have a strong read on this game in particular, whether it be the spread or the total? Now, I think this one's tough to lay simply because when you look at it, uh, going into Morgantown is always tough. We saw that happen with Iowa State last week. Uh, this West Virginia team has been hit or miss in certain situations. They're inconsistent. Uh, Spencer Sanders offensively, they just haven't gotten what, uh, from him what they would need consistently. But the Oklahoma State defense has been very good all year. I don't think enough people have been talking about what they've been doing all season long. This is a tough game for me to get involved in. I, this is a stay-away spot in this matchup. All right, then let's talk about this Baylor-TCU game. Right now it's at 7 in favor of Baylor on the road. Total at about 58.5. Total hasn't wavered too much. But do you think it's justified for Baylor laying the seven? Would that be warranting a bet on the road here against the Horned Frogs? You know, it's tough to lay this number on the road, but with the turmoil surrounding the program, uh, it's hard to back TCU at this point in time. For people that aren't aware, Gary, Gary Patterson was going to be fired at the end of the year. They gave him the option. He chose to leave right now. Uh, it's, it's going to be a tough situation for this team, and I think things have been going downhill for a little while. They would have never gotten blown out the way they did at TCU, um, and so that kind of tells you where the uh, situation with the team is right now. 
All right, then we got to talk about Cincinnati here. Maybe not the most exciting game to look forward to, but we're always keeping an eye on the Bearcats for their college football playoff lives. And they're laying 22 in the hook against Tulsa. This total's at 54.5. Actually seems like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I get It seems hard to go against Cincinnati, but I don't like laying this high 22.5 here despite it being at home and against Tulsa. But how do you view this game? You know, Tulsa's been inconsistent offensively. They've struggled. I think they'll struggle against the Cincinnati defense in this one. But I think at times their defense can do enough to slow you down. Cincinnati's offense has really been flagging the last couple of weeks. We saw it against Tulane, how they struggled. Uh, for me, this would be a game where I, I look at taking um, possibly the under here. I know Cincinnati needs to have a good showing. Also see what the first half numbers. I think Cincinnati in the first half could be a play here as well. All right, Amal, and because we brought up Cincinnati, I had to bring up just your overall thoughts on the college football playoff rankings right now. You know, we had some uh, fellow Beeson hosts kind of going back and forth on their thoughts. Obviously, Ohio State knocking on the door right now, coming in at fifth behind Oregon. But what is your top four as of now? Well, first of all, it depends on how you define it. Are we talking about the four best teams? Are we talking about teams based on their resume, their schedule? I think the criteria needs to be made simple. If it's the four best teams, then you're probably looking at Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, even though I know they've struggled at times. At the end of the day, I'm still taking Oklahoma, Michigan, Michigan State, Cincinnati on a neutral site. I, I think they've got the best chance to be able to win that football game. But if you're going based on what we've seen on the field, you'd have to put Oregon ahead of Ohio State. You'd have to put Cincinnati up there ahead of both of those teams simply by their road win at Notre Dame. Uh, and Oregon with the win at Ohio State, but they did have a loss at Stanford, whereas the Buckeyes really don't have any quality wins at this point in time. Now, the schedule gets stronger. They do have the win over Penn State. Uh, let me uh, correct that one statement, but I, I still have a lot of question marks in terms of where this team is at, um, and I think that applies to a lot of people. So it just comes down to how you see it and how, it, how, the, uh, how you think it should be framed in terms of the uh, playoff. For sure. No, I know, and people are going back and forth on it, and it's crazy to see Michigan State there at number three, but you're right. I mean, are we going at who is truly the best or based on the resume and schedule? And usually it's the latter, and that's why you see it the way it is. But still a lot left to go here, and many things can shift. And, hey, Amal, we're up against my man, but as always, appreciate you giving us some thoughts and plays for the upcoming slate. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You got it. Amal Shaw, folks, at Amal Shaw 1 on Twitter. Remember, you can get more Amal co-hosts of Odds On Monday through Friday right here on VEASAN, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern time. Him and Mike Paul talking everything sports betting, hockey, basketball. Baseball's over, but they touched it, and college football and NFL. We will be touching NFL next. Futures and some best bets on the hardwood. Stick around. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays and all pro football matchups, plus, they're bringing back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, if you didn't know, they've got their $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. 
Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 3500 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-THAT'S-OFF. Okay, welcome back as we are wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Danny, uh, at Danny Burke 5 excuse me, for VEASAN at V-S-I-N-L-I-V-E. It is time, folks. Middle of the week. We kick it off with the midweek movements. We end it with some NFL futures. Which areas for the futures bet are sticking out to me heading into the upcoming week? And I know we started out a lot with the MVP conversation, but I think this next week is going to be interesting considering the Buccaneers are on a bye, looking at Tom Brady's odds and what some of the top guys can do. So we'll probably discuss that next week, but because the door has creaked open now with Derrick Henry's absence, it drew my interest to the most rushing yards. What are those odds looking like as of this point? Well, let's take a dive into it. Odds courtesy of Bet Rivers at the top right now. How about Nick Chubb? to be your leader in rushing yards by the season's end. He is the short shot, plus 275. Coming next is Jonathan Taylor at 3-1, to one. Ezekiel Elliott then at plus 325, and Joe Mixon at 5-1. to one. Now, kind of separating these guys, starting with Nick Chubb, looking at what he has produced thus far, he's got 584 total rushing yards in just six games. He's been a little bit banged up, as we know, but he is getting about 5.5 yards per carry, 97.3 rushing yards per game and almost 18 carries per game. Now, the remaining schedule is not the most favorable. They're facing only three teams that rank bottom half of DVOA run defense, and they haven't had their bye week yet. And again, he's still kind of banged up there, it seems. And regardless, you know, if it's Johnson, if it's Kareem Hunt when he comes back, he's still splitting reps. And I get it. You know, he's still, with that being said, getting 18 carries a game. But it's a shorter price, and the injuries do concern me with Chubb. So as great as his resume has been and will continue to be, I'm not in love with plus 275. Where I'd be a little bit more inclined to go would be Jonathan Taylor at 3-1 to one perhaps. Because look, you know he's currently your leader if we're throwing out Derrick Henry. He's got 649 total rushing yards in eight games. He's getting 5.4 yards per carry, 81 rushing yards per game, but he's getting 15 carries per game. Now, that's going to be the least compared to the groups of running or the players that will go over being Zeke, being Joe Mixon, and like we said, Nick Chubb. So 15 carries a game for Taylor. He's also facing just three teams, the remaining schedule, that rank bottom half of DVOA run defense. But they get Jacksonville twice, which they might as well be bottom half run defense. Uh, the Colts have also not had their bye week yet. Ezekiel Elliott comes next. Plus 325, also drawing interest considering that in seven games, he's got 571 total rushing yards. He's getting about 4.8 yards per carry, so not as high as both Chubb and Taylor, but still racking up 82 rushing yards per game and getting about 17 carries per game. And the benefit for Zeke is they are going, being the Cowboys, they are facing five teams that rank bottom half of DVOA run defense for the remainder of the season. And they've already had their bye week. The concern with this the splitting some reps, at least a little bit, with Tony Pollard make you not as reliant to wanting to throw on Zeke. Something to ponder. Something to keep in the back of your mind if you're looking to bet it. 
Finally, Joe Mixon, 5-1. to one. He's got 572 total rushing yards in eight games. He's getting just 4.2 yards per carry, 71.5 rushing yards per game, but 17 carries per game. Also facing three teams that rank bottom half of the DVOA run defense. They've got their bye week next week. Look, Joe Mixon would be good because of the value. I'm just not fully there on Mixon. And honestly, like I said with Chubb, I think the value's too short at plus 275. Frankly, there's not that much value in general, but still thought it was worthy to bring up because I think the door is open for both Taylor and Ezekiel Elliott. And I would want to pick Taylor here at 3-1. to one. The only thing that scares me is that he's not getting as many carries. But I do think he has the best opportunity considering he doesn't have another guy that he's really giving substantial reps to. And we know the Browns, when you're splitting with Kareem, I mean, all they do is really run it at the end of the day. With Zeke and Pollard, look, they pass a lot. Pollard's still really solid back, but Zeke's still getting his own. The benefit also maybe to looking at Zeke besides getting 25 cents better is that because of the Cowboys' favorable schedule, they'll probably be leading in a majority of games, thus implementing the run game a lot more than the Colts will be. So I would narrow it down to Taylor and Zeke. 3-1 to one for Taylor, Zeke at plus 325. But I think the slight lean because of that value and favorable schedule would go with Ezekiel Elliott. But keep that in mind if you're looking to bet most rushing yards for an NFL future. Now, keeping on with the futures discussion, let's do what we have been doing these past few weeks, talking about updated win totals. Let's go to Pittsburgh. The Steelers have a win total currently of 8.5, over under minus 112 each way. It seems comical considering how much crap really we were giving the Steelers up to this point, and rightfully so. But they have a favorable schedule coming up, and they are 4-3. and three. You know, they beat Buffalo week one. Okay, fantastic second half, good for you. Aside from that, what, you beat the Broncos who aren't good, the Seahawks who were banged up, and Cleveland who, I don't even know what's going on with Cleveland. But let's separate their schedule how we typically do. Winnable games, losable games, and then toss-up games. Now, they only have two winnable games for me at this point. They're both against NFC North teams and coming in the next two weeks. The Bears this week, the Lions after. Losable games, you got Week 11 on the road against the Chargers. You're on the road against Cincinnati, who you've already lost to. You get Baltimore at home. Kansas City on the road, Cleveland at home. We'll see what the Browns are at that point. Toss-up games, week 14 at Minnesota because Minnesota is a dumpster fire right now. Week 15 versus Tennessee, we'll see how they are without Derrick Henry. Week 18 at Baltimore, and I say that because it's week 18, and if the Ravens have the division solidified, they won't really need to be trying in that game. So again, look, right now they're 4-3. and three. They need to get five more wins, but I only have the two winnable games. So where are the three other wins coming from? Well, you could give the edge maybe to the Vikings in that toss-up game, but even if we give them Tennessee and then Baltimore in Week 18, you know, that puts you right there. That's two, and then that's four right there. So where is the fifth game right now? I don't know. I don't trust Pittsburgh enough to think they can get over 8.5, but what I do think we should do is be a little bit patient here with Pittsburgh. If they can beat the Bears this week, guess what? You get the Lions at home after that. You bet that this win total is going to soar up just a little bit, enough to warrant a bet on the under. So that's going to be my way of handicapping it. Wait and go under on Steelers once it adjusts. Now, speaking of the Vikings, another team that caught my attention. 7.5 is their win total, and it's shaded to the over, minus 143. Unders plus 115. Hard not to look to the under. They're 3-4 and four right now. I've only beaten the Seahawks, Lions, and Panthers. Already had their bye week. Winnable games. At Detroit week 13. Pittsburgh versus at home potentially. And then week 18 versus Chicago assuming they split. Uh, Toss-up games at Chicago. Again, you probably split. But a lot of losable games here. 
The Vikings need five wins to get over. I only have them with three winnable games, though. And even if we give them a split with the Packers or a random win instead, you know, it gets them to just four wins. And look, they're going to lose to the Ravens this week, presumably, and the win total will adjust. So if you're thinking that the Vikings are going to be lackadaisical the remainder of the season like they already have, bet it now. And they'll probably lose that next week at the Chargers, too. So this could be the best number you get in a while, and it's plus money. So consider the Vikings under 7.5 plus 115. All right, folks, we're running out of time here, but I did want to give away a couple plays I have tonight. It is time for a quick edition of Danny's Dimes. We've got the Bulls and the Sixers this evening, folks, so a couple best bets, and they are going with player props. We're starting with DeMar DeRozan, who has been an absolute beast for the Bulls. I'm going over points, rebounds, and assists for DeRozan, 31 and a half. He's gone over this mark in five out of seven games. He's averaging about 26 points per game, six rebounds, and four assists. A majority of his shots come from mid-range, and guess what? Sixers slack from mid-range, allowing opponents to get 37% of their shots att uh, shot attempts from there, which is dead last. Danny Green, Tobias Harris out. Good advantage for DeRozan. Look for him over points, rebounds, and assists with the number at 31.5. Sticking with the Bulls, we're actually fading Vooch tonight. 18.5 is his points prop. He's only gone over this one time. He's averaging 15 points per game. He's got a big assignment tonight with Andre Drummond against him and then focusing on Joel Embiid potentially defensively. Now, he only went over this mark the one time because he shot 61% against the Knicks. But all opposing big men have been held under 18.5 points versus Sixers. The notable ones who can score, Valanchunas, Julius Randle, and Clint Capella. So look for Vucevic under 18.5 points and look for DeRozan over 31.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Best of luck if you tell, folks. Thank you, as always, for joining us for another edition of Rush Hour. We'll catch up again tomorrow previewing Thursday Night Football. Take care.